man oh man i should have i should have known that my uh my little theme song right there that you just heard uh was so bad that i should have known that this was a bad idea and that my lack of effort put into that was just sort of a indicator of where this whole thing was going to go my trip down the uh filmography of alejandro jodorowsky Yodorowsky, we're not going to do that again. This is, I don't know how to pronounce it or if there's a, 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 a standard uh, uh, practice of, uh, I'm very thirsty. I'm very thirsty and I have no more water, but I, I am, as a punishment for, uh, it is the, the final punishment of this slog of getting through these films, I'm now going to force myself to record this episode with, uh, without any water. So it's the final act, and uh, we are going to rank. This is ranking things is dumb. Number two. Now you might have noticed. Uh, this is uh, I should get. This is episode one hundred and eighty of the movie review show within a show, but it's episode six seventeen in the overall scheme of things in uh, MySpace the podcasts uh, the MySpace the podcast, and that's great. And uh, uh, the, the the last one got somehow got no plays and no downloads. That's that's awesome. We're really uh, we're hitting we're hitting our stride here. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of hate that I'm on this ang. I before I never I never even had access to the metrics or they weren't like easily available. But with Anchor, I have it. It's all at my fingertips and it's horrifying. The how little this reach it gets. But it is 10:59 and 48 seconds uh, in the a.m. on the 27th day of March, 2019. I'm recording this live to tape here in a lovely Philadelphia. Blue skies, and the the air is warming. It's been, but the mornings have been cold. Well, yesterday and today were very cold. We're, we're still in the 30s, believe it or not. We're still got to get out of the 30s in the morning. It's killing me. Walking my daughter to school, oh, the worst. But I see the future uh, is bright. We have 70 degrees on Saturday, which is just fan flippantastic and uh cannot wait to get on there but it is 617 overall in the myspace the podcast episode we continue our our march towards just uh, a million episodes i'm gonna try and record a million episodes before i die and then the aliens will find this and they'll be like oh good job but uh this is the bulk of this episode i wouldn't and i do want to apologize because i have not been super diligent on getting these episodes out the last episode was uh five days ago last week um you know, I try to do one at least one a day, Monday through Friday. That's sort of what, what the, I had been on a pretty decent role of doing that uh, for the last couple of weeks. So I apologize for this little gap. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, nothing, nothing quite going on. You know, I'm, it's not nothing's ever fine. You're trying to you know live life is very living life is very difficult. And on a personal level, I feel I always feel like I'm uh, a failure and also, uh, but also like an extreme success at the same time. And uh, these are constantly at war with each other, these feelings of uh, confidence and lack of confidence. And um, I, for the most part, did not like transition right into the movie review talk. Uh, I did not like the films of Alejandro Jodorowsky. Now, I didn't give them all bad grades necessarily on this. He has eight movies. We're going to rank all eight of them. I never even reviewed the two more recent ones. And uh, dance of Re- the Dance of Reality, which was 2013, and Endless Poetry, which was 2016. Uh, I never even gave them their own special episodes, which I have uh, typically done with all the other films. 
and because I just couldn't I couldn't do it. And I'm actually confession. I did, I actually only watched the first five minutes of Endless Poetry and I turned it off. So I, I I have to give that as a caveat. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment when we get into the ranks. But this is the ranking things is dumb, which is another show within a show within a show within a show. There's so many levels of this. This is like it's it's like meta, but it's it's sort of um, like an onion. Also, you're peeling layers or something like that. And so so this is ranking things is dumb. Eventually, I'm going to be I, I, I tackle any subject for this for this show. Ranking things is dumb. There's no set. There's no stand. This doesn't even have its own theme song. Believe it or not, can you believe that? I, I and, and if you listen back, go to episode. Uh, oh man, what was it? Um, it's on Bandcamp. If you go to my, if you go to movies dot my America, movies dot my dot ca, you can, folks, you can. Look up episode uh, 175 of the movie review programs on Bandcamp. It's embedded on that page. And that is my ranking the films of David Lynch uh, podcast. That's a 90-minute podcast. And I put – so the, the effort I put into that is going to be just I, – I, nothing – like I just didn't have the effort. I was going to do that. You know, and I was like, but you know what? This doesn't have, This can be its own thing. And we can kind of put a put a ribbon on, on my, uh, my take – my hot take on uh, uh, the Alejandro Jodorowsky uh, work, and uh, I can never watch these movies again. <laughs> That's sort of where I'm at with this, uh, because it's they were a slog to get through. They hurt my brain, they hurt my soul, and uh, I guess we should just start talking about them because we're kind of rambling on here. But uh, everything else, you know, everything's going well. The podcast again. There might be I might do something at the end of the show, but otherwise, the bulk of this episode right now you're listening to is just going to be me dissecting these films and so we're gonna and i've ranked them all and i have uh some minimal notes i'm gonna build off of here and i this is a totally different show but again i can't stress enough to turn this show off if you're listening if anyone is listening to this at any point in time go go find that episode it's episode um it's episode 612 of the myspace the podcast uh and like I said, I put a I put a ton of t- ton of work into that one, and and I love David Lynch, and it made and actually watching these movies, it made me appreciate David Lynch even more, and I didn't think that was even possible, but uh, I uh, realized that sometimes you know these auteurs are are, are really just um, what am I looking at? like a cardboard cutout? Like I don't feel like there's a lot of substance to this. I think like. You know, the Holy Mountain is uh, a spoiler right now. It's gonna be number one. Um, and I think you you look at that movie and you look at what that movie is, and you, you know, I, I think it's you know he's a bit of a one hit wonder. And I didn't even love Holy Mountain, but we'll talk. We're not getting ahead of ourselves now. I totally just I burnt any uh, uh, bridges and burnt burning burnt bridges. What am I talking? What am I trying to say here? I I I I've ruined any uh, element of surprise here for the for the list. That's because that's number one. I mean, like I you know what? How could you rank Jodorowsky and not make that number one though? I mean, that sort of would be stupid. I think the other stuff is kind of more interesting to see where you think about the other movies, because uh, it's so far and away about the best work uh, to me, and it's not perfect by any means. I've got I've got a million problems with with this guy and these movies. Um, We'll just get right into it because the first one, number eight of eight, I'm not going to do any uh, editing to this show like I did on the other one. This is just going to be, you know, I had stingers, I had music, 
I had a lot of layers editing in the David Lynch review, but I look, I don't feel like this is warrant. It doesn't warrant that. So we're not going to do that. It was going to, I'm going to give these, these lists, the things they deserve. That's what I've decided. And this is what they deserve. We, 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 I, ah, you know what movie I'm going to watch today, later today, uh, right around the corner. I'm going to watch Clifford, the 1994 Charles Grodin, Martin short comedy. Because I just need I need to get myself back into some joy, and I, I haven't seen that movie in ages. And I, someone was just talking about how how good it holds up and how like funnier it is now. And uh, so I'm I'm interested to watch that. Uh, it's actually on Voodoo for free. Clifford, 1994's Clifford. So that's I'm looking forward to that because I need to I need to you know I I did take a break and I watched shopping shop sorry shoplifters and uh, burning. I kind of combined the two there, shopping, shoplifters, and burning. And I, that was a nice break. And I, I, I reviewed those films recently, and I did like them. But I just need something, just a total palate cleanser from this experience that was the, the, the Jodorowsky watch. And you know what? To, in all fairness to Jodorowsky, and I'm going to try and be fair, I don't feel like his films are ripe for this sort of chronological uh, binge watching, you know, you know, watching all eight of these films over the course of whatever I did, three weeks, uh, a month, however long it's been. And uh, it, you really need to space them out because they're, they're, they, they hit so many of the same notes visually and, um, you know, that they, they knock, it, it, it's not subtle. And it's just it, to watch them all in an order like I did is just, uh, it, I don't recommend it. I can't, I can't recommend it any less than I am right now. And it will, you know, we'll, you'll, you'll, you'll see what I mean maybe when I, as we get into film by film. So number eight on the list is Tusk. Uh, there's nothing to say about this film. 1980, I gave it a, I already ranked it as the only one I've given a score yet so far. I gave it a 2.605 above. The Kevin Smith movie Tusk on my rankings, but not by a, a great amount. Actually, sort of by a great amount. That, that movie's the Kevin Smith Tusk is the worst movie I've reviewed, I've reviewed yet. Uh, horrifying, horrifying, and disgusting film. Uh, but um, Tusk is is a is a horrible movie. The only uh, the the it's on YouTube in its entirety. In a very low resolution, kind of ripped from a VH. I think it's ripped from a VHS. It was never released in America theatr- uh, uh, cin- cinematically. It's about a English girl. It's a French film, but it's about the English, and so it's, uh, they're all speaking French. Uh, but it's about English colonialism in India, and uh, she has a, a a rich English girl has an Indian elephant. They share a com. It's uh, I I think I didn't finish it. I turned it off. It was so bad. The quality of the version is so bad. I don't know if there's even in, ex- in existence a good quality print of this film or cut of this film. May- it's never been re-released or gotten any sort of treatment on DVD. Uh, so there's so whatever like whatever copies of this exist in the world are just sort of in this. Uh, but you could just tell it he um, was half-assing this to just just to get a film out there. I, you know, it's it's an odd it's an odd film. And it's one that doesn't really need to have any discussion. You can kind of throw it out in a way. So we'll do that. We'll throw it out. Uh, but here, here now in the list, uh, we're to number seven and number six, and I'll talk about these in tandem. I, I took a small break, as I mentioned before, to watch a few other movies as I was going through the filmography. I watched those uh, 2018 movies, Shoplifters and Burning, which I again recommend. 
and then because I wanted to just again give myself a little breather before I got into the two most recent years. So Jodorowsky takes a 23-year break after the Rainbow Thief. So he does the one-two punch of Santa Sangre and the Rainbow Thief in 89 and 90. 89 and 1990, and then he does not make another movie until 2013's The Dance of Reality. And The Dance of Reality is a autobiographical uh, fantasy that has elements of musical uh, uh, musicals, uh, which was different. I mean, the 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 fact that the his mom character only she says all of her dialogue in kind of operatic song. She's the only character that does this. It's a choice. Uh, it's an interesting choice. I, that maybe one of the more interesting things about the mo- about the movie. I'm not a musical fan, so I don't know. I can't re- comment on the quality of the song. It's sort of very operatic, I guess. What I would describe it as. Um, again, here starring in the film is Jodorowsky's own son, Brontus Jodorowsky, who was the naked boy from El Topo, the guy, the little naked horse on horseback. And I'll talk a little bit more about the plot and everything about this more than I would. Normally, because I didn't give this this movie or the next one uh, in the in this uh, filmography a proper review, but safe to say that I, I uh, endless poetry and this movie are essentially sequels of one another, and they're there's absolutely you should talk about them in the same breath because I I didn't know this going in, so yesterday. I started to watch Endless Poetry and I turned it off because I, I it was the it was it was literally a direct like Back to the Future two pickup of where the last film ends ends off and all I wanted to do was be watching Back to the Future two and not be stuck in this world again with these same characters who I just I hated and I just I I, I didn't like uh, and I, honestly I'm giving this a, uh, both of these movies so I'm Dance of Reality I'm giving a four point zero one two out of ten. And I'm going to give Endless Poetry, even though I only watched five minutes of it, a one-thousandth of a point higher score, so a 4.013. And uh, uh, because, uh, to, in fairness to that, I didn't watch it. I couldn't I couldn't watch it. I, I Immediately in that film, in Endless Poetry, uh, you, the first, within the first five minutes, the Brontus Jodorowsky actor who plays a version of Alejandro's real-life father, uh, in Chile, where they grow up, where they grew up, he rips. Um, and this was really upsetting because I didn't know if it was a child. He, but or uh, um, or like, he he rips the clothes off of a worker at his store, and she's naked and parades her outside. It's just the tone was so fucking weird, and and it was I felt just, and but I guess she was a little person. But at first I was like, she says that's like an underage girl. He's just like doing this to on like what the fuck is happening here? And this is endless poetry again I'm talking about. So I turned it off because and then the, you know because the, all the same tropes were there. The visual style. Then this is what this is why I d- dislike this. And again, I'm giving these higher scores than I I even should because I because pr- on some level I do appreciate the weirdness I, I i i have to give it the credit for just going places that most people wouldn't dare to let their minds go like that to me is worth pointing out and worth acknowledging and honoring somewhat doesn't doesn't hide the fact that i there's a lot about this film just in, in terms of what the content is and just in terms of the, the artistic sensibilities that i hated and i hated the look of these two films the 
the camera work, the cinematography is bad. It, these films don't look good. They, I look like I'm watching like a Lifetime uh, uh, movie. So any any of the and I don't think his uh, his work as a director was ever uh, his his shots. You know he he was he I shouldn't say that. So like you go back to El Topo and you go back to the Holy Mountain, and he he was great at framing shots as like I called them living paintings, and they were almost like these ideas that he put to life with animals, human beings, and sets set design that flowed in a way uh, that, that looked really great. Now, that doesn't mean his camera work was always just like very, he never moves the camera. It's, it's, all, it's almost just always just a straight shot of, of something. And I, 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 I was struck by how little, you know, and, I, and, I, and not to think you have to move the camera, that's like a, that's a quality, that's a, that, indi that individual quality is something that any, any, any film needs. God, I need water. Why did I start this without a glass? Why am I doing this myself? But it, it's worth pointing out in this because when you get to these these two movies, he had 23 years. He had 23 years to come up with something. And he wants to do a thing where he's he's in the movie. So The Dance of Reality, 2013, 23 years after uh, Santa Sangre, Rainbow Thief combo. And he starts the movie out with a almost looks like a b-roll stock footage of gold coins falling in a black background like it almost looks like he paid like a some sort of stock video company to get the footage and then he superimposes his own face talking about like money and then and then i read immediately i'm just like oh what is this but then then you realize this movie whereas the other movies all had a unique theme like santa sangre was about the mom uh El Topo was about enlightenment, uh, you know, it, it had a, a lot going on. Uh, but Santa Sangre is about the mother relationship. Holy Mountain is certainly about religion and about enlightenment. Uh, Rainbow Thief, about capitalism, about money. You know, it, 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 that movie is a mess, but it's certainly, uh, it's certainly one that um, has, its, has t t certain charms. It's at least singularly focused. The, the thing about that that struck me about these two movies is that immediately the first dance of reality starts like that. So you're like, oh, is, is he going to just go on? Is this going to be him going on to uh, um, talk about capitalism again? Is this sort of what this is about? And it turns out this is about everything. It's about politics. It's about his relationship with his father and his mother. It's about capitalism. It's about the history of growing up in uh, uh, Chile under... Um, fascism and and all these things and it's just it's just a, such a mess of ideas and visual styles and they're all done poorly that i just i couldn't i couldn't deal with it and when endless poetry i, I had no idea so i didn't really read about endless poetry i knew i knew it had the same actors in it i knew he was in it as well like he he plays like a version of himself sort of commenting on the things which again just didn't work for me but it's, it's a choice he made it he does it in both dance of reality and endless poetry but when I turned on endless poetry and I saw the th the three, uh, the the father, the son, and the uh, him as a child, the actor playing him as a as a like a ten year old, I, I immediately was like, oh god, it's it was the ending shot of of the of the last one. I was like, it's he's just picked up right where he just made a second part of the this one. He like it was almost like he, and I didn't um, you know, I'm trying to 
to find out did he film these all i think he filmed them in two different sessions because the, the actors he, he used parts of the, uh, the event of dance of reality at the beginning of endless poetry but then like i think you could kind of tell that this is year or two later and the filming is not like he didn't just film both of these at once and then break them up into two movies i mean there was like a three-year gap in their release uh also endless poetry again i only watched five minutes of it but it's it's a good 10 minutes shorter maybe um no, five minutes shorter. But that's that's even that's even good. It's shorter than that. Somehow these movies hold a ninety-four percent. Uh, Endless poetry has ninety-four percent, and Dance of Reality has ninety-three on Rotten Tomatoes, with more more reviews. Uh and the, you have some people saying. Like this, some guy, uh, Michael Atkinson of L.A. Weekly, felt that Dance of Reality may be his best film. I mean, I'm just looking at some of these. Like, I guess they're like these guys get paid to like they only like watch movies for a living, and they they like they like this stuff. I I couldn't. Oh man, I I feel bad uh, shitting on it as I do, and that's why that's why I've sort of uh, hyped up the scores even more than I nor I would want to, but just because I I I, I do appreciate. I do appreciate it on some like really just general level of being being a statement of art and being kind of going for it and being weird. And I get that he he parades around and I, maybe I'm my, my take on it is is uh not is is coloring it the wrong way, but he, you know the way he parades around people who have uh disabilities and are missing limbs and are little people or any otherwise genetic uh, um genetically altered uh humans in every one of his films uh the one thing you'll i know is he stop he stops abusing animals by around but even the rainbow thief has some ram uh, so has some has some animal abuse but uh there's there's i don't think there's any animals in these these last two at least there's i think there's the cgi birds and in, in dance of reality but uh oh that look that scene looked bad too god there's just the look of this this shit is just it's just not good it's not good and i hate to crap on it as much as i am but there you go. Number seven and number six on my list of the top eight uh, ranking all of the Jodorowsky films. Uh, I've got number seven, Dance of Reality. Number six, Endless Poetry. Let's get into the top five, baby. I got to pee. I am thirsty as shit. But I, I'm. this is part of the penalty for having uh, to having to do uh, to give these my bad takes on these is I have to also punish myself. The one last punishment. And then we can move on. I can watch Clifford later. And I'll be very happy watching Clifford. The Rainbow Thief. Now, I gave The Rainbow Thief a very bad score. So I didn't give this score any sort of... Uh, this score is an accurate score. Uh, number five, The Rainbow Thief. 1990s, The Rainbow Thief. It's a very different movie, and it stands out in numerous ways. And he apparently just did not uh, like... What happened to this? There apparently there's a director's cut too. I don't think I I I am only seeing that now on Wikipedia. Uh, the, the the little image for the movie poster is, is actually it says director's cut on it. It's from a, like clearly from like a DVD release. So that's I don't know. I watched the 87 minute version, so I think I watched the original 1990 theatrical release. Although when this movie came out is interesting because it came out in different times um in london in 1990 
and then it didn't come out and it never was released in America the Rainbow Thief so I talked about it so go back and you can look at if you so choose <laughs> uh, episode not that long ago episode 177 of this show the movie review show we are on episode 180 of the movie review show but it's the second edition of ranking things are dumb it's the 617th episode of myspace the uh, myspace podcast overall it's very it's it's a, a convoluted system i have here for sure uh but the rainbow thief had such promise to me it started off and they're like i'm a sucker for you know just for boobs and there's a lot of boobs in the beginning and it, but not in a way that like was exp it just seemed fun and there's there's these giant dogs and um, everything. And it just had like a had a lightness to it, and it was about this rich guy, crazy rich guy. And then it just it just went so off the rails. I think it had such it had such promise, and then it just and even it, it just it went nowhere, and it was so boring. It was just so fucking boring. This movie is that that's the reason I got to give it the low score. But God, I could watch that first 10, 15 minutes with Peter O'Toole. I'm sorry, with uh, Christopher Lee, uh, Peter O'Toole. Briefly, he comes in, and pe in in this just the the plot is just uh, is a mess. It's just a, is a freaking mess. Uh, the the flow of this plot, like it's very the motivations for the characters are just you know it's they're not believable because it's not they don't set it up in any sort of way that makes it believable. So I gave it a four point one nine nine. That's where we're gonna slot this puppy in and that's going to put it above if you're wondering you can go to again movies.myamerica uh, it's um, slightly above 4.199 uh, slightly above uh, One Night in the Tropics the 1940 um, Abbott Costello movie was it Abbott Costello? yeah I think so and slightly below the uh, 2015 Arnold Schwarzenegger zombie movie Maggie the Rainbow Thief, starring Peter O'Toole and Omar, Omar, Omar Sharif. Who Omar Sharif actually is, is a delight in this film. I got to be honest with you. He's uh, he's you know Peter Peter O'Toole seems a little less happy to be there, but Omar Sharif is he's the, really the main character and no fault of his own. He he freaking God God bless him. God rest his soul. He died in 2015 uh, in Cairo, Egypt. Born and died in Egypt. I mean, he was Egyptian. I don't know why I'm surprised to, that he did, that was the, the case, but uh, he was a uh, he's given his all here. He just he he freaking goes he freaking goes for it, and so God bless him for that. Uh, moving on to number four. Now this is where it gets interesting. Maybe how I how I decide to rank these next three movies because we already talked about Holy Mountains number one. I I did go Fando and and Lee. I I part of me so Fando and Lee. Was the first film I, I watched, and I watched all I watched all these films in in chronological order because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah, a and B. I had never seen them at all before, so I wasn't like rewatching them. Like the David Lynch rewatch, I kind of did in a weird order. I tried to like come up with a way to watch them, rewatch them all again for the reviews that I was doing, and um. I, did, I watched them in like a I tried to flip it back and forth like an early one later one like a kind of tried to create a, a kind of a playlist and, and in this sense I went in straight uh, chronologically and if I do this again with another filmmaker I might do a reverse chronological 
I am going to do this again, like do a whole rewatch or, or a watch from scratch for uh, a lot of filmmakers stuff I've never really seen. Like I, I've seen like Ingbar, Ing, Ing, Ing Bergman, Ing, what's that guy's name? Bergman, the filmmaker. In Inmar, Egg. Why is I? Why can't I think of the freaking name? The famous filmmaker from. Uh, is he sweet? Oh man, was he Swedish? Engbar. What is his name? No, that's not what I'm looking for. Eng Engbar. Oh my God, Bergman. Ingbar Ingmar, Swedish. Ingmar Bergman. He's dead too. He's got a lot of films though. How many feature films does this guy have? He directed forty-five features. So, so how do I watch that? That like when I get into that guy's films, do I do I watch all forty-five in chronological order? Do I do I hop around? Do I watch them in re reverse chronological order? See to go from beginning. I think there's different ways to do this, uh, but. Uh, and again, with Jodorowsky, I don't know. It was only eight films to watch, so it was, you know, and I, to be honest with you, I didn't only really watch six, six and a half total. Uh, it was a little easier to to digest for the old uh, digest digestion system. I would just start just transition to start talking like this now. Talking about Jodorowsky, we're on, on number five on the list. I'm on number five on the, I'm sorry, number four on the countdown. Fando and Leaks. Fando Elise. That's the letter Y. In Spanish, the letter Y is and. Wild to me that that's how Spanish people write the letter, the word and, just the letter Y. And I used to say that Y. I did this bit before. So, um, quickly from Wikipedia, the film follows Fando, played by Sergio Kleiner, um, who went on, of course, to uh, star in a lot of Mexican soap operas and cinema. And his paraplegic girlfriend, who doesn't uh, named Lise, who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Uh, she's got a hub, stub, hub. Diana Mariscal is her name, the actress. And they journey on a post-apocalyptic, which is not really it wasn't really post-apocalyptic so much as it was. Uh, they didn't have any money to make this film. Uh, it was barren for sure, a wasteland in search of the mythical city of Tar, a place where one will know the true nature of eternity and reach enlightenment. On their journey, they see many odd and profoundly disturbing characters and events. The narrative of the film leads a lot to the audience's interpretation of the avant-garde and surreal nature in which the f events of the film are presented mimic the workings of the subconscious. Well, that's... Do they? That's... Uh, do they really? Uh, I, and I, I was going to be really um, contrarian and like put this at number one because on some level... On some level, this movie is all you need to watch for uh, for the jo to get to kind of get Jodorowsky. It's all there, and I and I actually did a, a, a quite a lengthy review of this film originally. So go back on the archives to check that out if you wish. I think I went like forty minutes alone on this film because I just I wrote down as I was watching it all the different shit that was happening, uh, just to kind of. I thought it'd be humorous to go through it all and cr like uh, like again later on as I kind of went through my notes as cause I was like watching it I just took notes of like oh this is this is just very like not interpreted not interpretive tative but just what I was seeing on the screen and um I also liked that 
the film. I read this somewhere. It's not on here. He apparently like saw a play, and then he, or like the guy, the screenwriter, saw a play. It's so okay. So it's an adaptation of this guy's play, Fernando Arabal, but it's very like loosely. It's like it was based on like his memory of the play or something. And um, you know, it's very low budget, but there's like really some interesting interesting visuals and it's it's again, I gave us what did I give this one? 6.866. So now we're in this territory of these films are like certainly they have merit and and the other stuff the other five films I'm sorry, four films. I can't count. So half of this filmography, I would just say, you don't need to watch. If you want to watch The Rainbow Thief, put on the first 15 minutes of that. It's really, it's, it was quite enjoyable in a weird way. And it was just sort of like, sort of like, I was like this. I, and when I was watching that, I was so disappointed that it took a turn because I was like, man, the tone of this is like different. And it's like, it's like more lighthearted and goofy. And, and just like, I was like, this is the kind of stuff he should have been making all along. But then it takes a turn. It's very boring and, and very bad. But Fando and Lease, again, hard to watch. The only quality, uh, there's two prints that I saw. One was on um, archive.org. And it's a lesser fidelity uh, quality. It's free download. I guess it's, I don't know why. But it's probably not in print. So they just, it's on archive.org. You can Google it. And uh, that has English subtitles burnt in. There is a higher resolution version on Vimeo someone posted but that doesn't have the uh, hardwired uh, subtitle so so just, just do what you will with that information uh, I think I'm done talking about that we'll move on to the top three so the next tier is number three and number two and of course you only you know you know Holy Mountain is going to be number one on this list so where, where do you put El Topo and Santa Sangre and I battled with these uh, which one I was going to rank higher than the other one because while I have major problems with both, and you can go again, I reviewed these in full as well, so I'm not going to, you know, we're going to, I do have to pee badly, and I'm dying of thirst, so we're not going to spend a million years on this. I did put Santa Sangre at number two. Ooh, tricked you there. I put Santa Sangre at number two, and I put El Topo at number three. I think Santa Sangre was very... It was was closer than anything besides Holy Mountain in becoming something that transcended like my issues with it. Uh, but again, I had I had the same issues that, I, and I don't want to rehash them all. Just go back and listen to that. But that you know that that had portions of it like that. There was cuts of that that I like. I kind of liked how that film ended. He I thought he wrapped that up much nicer than than a lot of the other ones. I mean, the Holy Mountain ending is 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 one thing, and it's sort of just like okay. It's exhausting, but it's also like, all right, that's, you know, that's fine. It's it's you can kind of see the cleverness of it, even if it's kind of trite. Looking back on it this many years later, you know, it's 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 because it's a trope that's been beaten to death. But the Santa Sangre ending was also like, you know, uh, the, the put put your hands up. You know, the end the end the end of that film was you know it was generally like in it was for the most part it was generally enjoyable to watch. And I will say this. I, I would rewatch Santa Sangre as effed up as it is in a lot of ways. And I would in El Topo as effed up as it is and Holy Mountain as effed up as it is. I, they're down, down the, down the path. Would I rewatch these films? Certainly. I see no reason not to. I, I wouldn't, but I, everything else 
Phantom and Lisa, I would rewatch if I had like a higher resolution uh, version to 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 play, maybe. But everything else, I don't think I would rewatch at all. Hence, their low scores and the dance of reality and endless poetry. Again, I I gave them in low fours, but I honestly, to me, that was just a bumping them up a full point, just because uh, their weirdness. I I have to give them like a weirdness point bump. To me, they're like threes, really. They're they're so bad. Um, but I did put Santa Sangre just a touch higher. I gave Santa Sangre a 7.107, and I gave El Topo a 7.102. And El Topo was, again, starts off well. I think, see, the difference in El Topo, El Topo, 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 the mole. Uh, the difference between the, that and Santa Sangre, and they were filmed 19 years apart, so there's 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 that gap in terms of the quality of the visual just the hardware that they were used to capture it. Uh, and again, Santa Sangre has decent cinematography, but it's just false prey to the same shortcomings that he, that he, you kind of see throughout the career of Jodorowsky. El Topo, El Topo is, is more of a interesting visually, maybe even though it's just, it goes so off the rails at the end. And there's just there's just too many ideas. It, it's the second half of that I thought was not as good as the first half. I kind of liked the the journey. I, it, if he if he hadn't the the second half, I I wonder what the general consensus is between people uh, who who are like El uh, or who are um uh, Jodorowsky heads in terms of El Topo. I'd like to hear like what it, what they think of the two halves of that movie because they are kind of almost two separate movies. And I, I thought the first half was was much better. And if it was if it if it was just been the first half expanded to like a full movie, I think that would clearly be better than Santa Sangre if I had to rank them. But because I didn't enjoy the second half of that as much, uh, I have to give put that number three just slightly below Santa Sangre, and that's number three and number two. And look, we'll end it right here. We've been talking for thirty. I've been talking thirty-seven minutes now, and I again I have to pee and I have to drink some water and, and I have to I haven't eaten anything today either, so I'm very lightheaded. I've had four cups of coffee. It's not a good way to live, but I'm trying to. I'm trying my best. Uh, the Holy Mountain number it's number one. Why, why would it not be number one? It stands. It stands alone. But I guess the only question is what to score it in terms of my. And 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 for a while I was like, do I put this up there? Do I give it? Do I put it up in the in the the uh, territory of all-time class no i can't do that and i, and I couldn't do that and because i have this this new policy where anything over a 9.5 gets a oh did i hit something what we're still recording oh yeah we're, we're still on. i thought i thought i fucked up the recording anything um above a 9.5 gets all-time classic territory and then i was like all right well it's not that and then i was like but how low do i go with holy mountain like where does it actually fit in and I went pretty low with it, to be honest with you, because even even that's I think was the whole point of this was that even at 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 his best, it's just not for me, and I can't I can't really put it up there with some of these other films. Like you know, I, I was looking at where I had Prisoners and Sicario, Denis Villeneuve, who I've reviewed all all of his films, and I should do a ranking episode of his films because those are actually those are and those are too low. Like I have them at seven point seven mid 7.7s and i was like that's probably too low for those films but like i didn't i felt bad giving all of his films higher grades for or something so i went low with those and i was like well i can't but i would much rather rewatch sicario than this ever again so 
where does it go? Where do, what score do you give it? And I got to reassess some of this, but I think where I, where I decided I didn't want to make the same mistake with this. I think this deserves kind of this a high, it's a high seven. I give Holy Mountain a high seven and that might be people who think it's one of the, uh, cinematic treasures of all time. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I, I would, uh, I, I can't do it. I can't give it anything better than a 7.723. All right. Capiche. And um, sorry about that. I mean, it's just not to me. It's not a. Uh, it's not a classic. It's a good film. There's nothing like it. I mean, that, th to me, there's not the nothing like itness of it. Only can but like really, or is that like while well, we we can't just judge things on that? Because anyone can just make something and be like, I'm making something that no one's ever seen. But then you get it still could suck. I mean, that doesn't mean it can't suck. And this doesn't suck. Holy Mountain's good. Like I like, <laughs> like Holy Mountain. But at some point, it's like, ah, give me a, give me a gosh darn break. Uh that's. I guess that's the end of this show. That's the end of the episode. And uh, again, sorry. The theme song stunk. Everything about this whole venture stunk. And I, I, I don't. I I don't want this to be a slog like it like it was, and I didn't expect it to be. That's that's the point, I guess, of all this is that when I went in and said I'm gonna review Jodorowsky, The Holy Mountain, I've never seen it. It's been on my list of movies I want to watch forever. Let me go out and get the you know we'll, I'll, I'll watch The Holy Mountain one day and it'll be great. Then I was like, but who's the guy who made this film? And then uh, then it's like, oh, we'll watch all his movies and we'll do this thing where I'm gonna I'm gonna watch I'm gonna re watch or re and or rewatch uh, all of the movies of a certain director. And then we're going to put together an episode where we rank the movies. That would be great content. Yay, content. And so I thought this would be a great plan. I thought this was going to be really good, a good idea. But uh, it wasn't. It's a bad idea. And I'm going to keep doing it, but it's a bad – it's it's certainly – if I if I get down a path of something that's not – that I don't like or that I'm bored by, which was, a lot, was, a, was the big problem with these movies, really, was the boredom. Because it's just – they're so one note and, and – I, I I I can't do it. I I don't know. I I, I might I should have hit the kibosh on this, and I sort of did by not finishing endless poetry. I was like, I can't subject myself to this anymore, and I and I didn't. And I again, I apologize for that. Like I, I, this whole enterprise that I'm doing, uh, this podcast, these movie reviews, it's all farce. It's all just it's all just for. I mean, I'm just trying to pass the time. <laughs> this is depressing, and I am hungry, and I am thirsty, and I'm ending this goddamn show. Jodorowsky. Good night, sweet prince.